What's up, beer drinkers? How y'all doing this week? Man, we got a good show for you this week. Uh, we drink some really good beers. In fact, I drink an almost perfect beer. Well, to me anyway. You know how I grade beers. And this one was just fabulous. Um, let me see what else. We also have it's Return of the Beer News. Hey, hey, I'm not slouching this week. And of course, we have our cold brew list that lists the strongest beers in the world right now. And let's see what else. Oh, and then at the very end, I uh, talk about an upcoming show that we have. Stay tuned to your podcast machines because Amanda Bear Lecter and I, uh, we give some love to Jordan Peele and we talk about his three movies, including the latest one, Nope. Uh, we, <laughs> we talk a long time, so I'm going to have to split them into probably three shows and they'll be coming out little by little as soon as I get them all done. So, and there'll be video too. They will have uh, three more videos on our YouTube channel right now. There's only just the one where Amanda and I are talking about Halloween. And, uh, so we'll have uh, three more coming up all on Jordan Peele's movies. Uh, that would be get out us and nope. All right. So without further ado, Oh wait, 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 got to get to the plugs. Uh, follow us on untapped. And on Instagram, search Cold Brew Podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. Um, except for the, you know, the Instagram. If you don't post about beer, to be honest, I'm not going to follow you back because that's just the way I am. All right. So without further ado, it's time for another Cold Brew. Coming at your pre-recorder from Cold Brew Studios, I am Greg, he is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. How you doing this week, man? Uh, I'm doing well. Doing well. Got just got back from a, from another trip to Paso. Uh, yeah. This time was more to, to visit family, mm-hmm. with my girls and my wife, obviously. So, uh, yeah, just a, a quick uh, family escape visit. weekend, however relaxing. Nice. Did you get a chance to get to Firestone Walker or, or no? Nah, nah. Oh, okay. It's too far away. It's too hot. <laughs> it's too too hot. hot. Yeah, right. How how is it down there? Because I know the Paso gets a little bit hotter than in some parts of California than where you're at, anyway. Oh yeah. You know, I didn't even look because it was uncomfortably hot. Why, why do I need that? <laughs> why do I need that negativity in my life? <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. You're on vacation. You you're not looking. You're not caring about temperature at, at that point. Right. Hmm. You know, when I got there, I just I just threw my watch away. <laughs> Put your phone in the in the bag, threw your watch yeah. away, and yeah. just laid back. Where's my margaritas? No. I would say I, I tell time with my phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, huh? You used to have a really nice watch collection. You probably don't even wear them anymore too much, huh? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> now it's just uh, uh, what do you call it? Um. Just earning value, right? It's like, wow, this one was made back in 1997. There you go. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, let's get to the beer, shall we? Sure. All right. So today I have in front of me. Oh, let me look, let me bring it back up. I have in front of me from our good friends up in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm talking about Dark Sky Brewing Company. I have in my hand. Their barrel-aged barley wine called Witch's Hand. It is 13% alcohol by volume. And it was brewed in, I don't know if it was a collaboration, but definitely in honor of Ground Control in Litchfield Park, their 15th year anniversary. And so this is Witch's Hand. It's a barley wine. Um, maybe you can shed some light on this. Have you ever heard of Basil Hayden Bourbon? Yeah, Basil Hayden. They're a pretty good one. Okay, because the way this uh, write-up starts, after sleeping 12 months in Basil Hayden bourbon barrels, Witch's Hand is awake. A 13% barreled-aged English barley wine. On the nose, notes of dates, punctuated by a hefty bourbon kick. Flavor of coffee, or toffee, excuse me. Caramel, jammy fig. (laughs) I just like the term jammy fig. And boozy bourbon. Brooding collab with Ground Control for their 15-year anniversary. And 
to be honest, this is the last craft beer I have in my, I should say independent beer in my fridge because I do have some Firestone Walker um, Mind Haze, but this is the last, that's what I was trying to save this, but hey, for the show, right? For the show. So without further ado, I don't even know why they had to put this in 16 ounce cans. Maybe because they didn't have any 12 ounce cans, but a 12 ounce can would have sufficed. All right. I don't even know if I'm going to finish this whole thing. All right, what do you got? Well, I have from our friends up at Devil's Canyon Brewing in Ooh. San Carlos, California. Yes. I have La Cañada del Diablo. Ooh, the Devil's Cañada. <laughs> what is Cañada? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Well, it looks like Canada. Right, Canada with the little tilde over the end. That, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so from what I remember, I, I always thought it meant like canyon. Okay. Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Right, and I, it, it, and I looked it up, it, and it, it, it meant that. So, like, obviously, that's what they're going for, Devil's Canyon. You know, they just translated it in Spanish. Right. But, yeah, but it, it could also, well, it, yeah, canyon, like ravine, it also means ravine or, how do you say it, barranca? Okay, yeah, I, like I think gorge. so. Like mm -hmm. it's like it's so it's like a gorge, but then to it, it's also like a, a path as well. Mm. So it's a, a very, uh, <laughs> very multifaceted word. Yeah, it's a nebulous. However, word. It could mean gulch. It could mean arroyo. Could mean <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Well, arroyo means creek. I, I know that. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, I'm fucking with you. But but uh, but like, well, to me, like a creek mm. is, is planned. Mm. You know, versus you know, uh, like kind of man-made, but. But obviously, going the, the Devil's Canyon Brewing is going for Canyon in Spanish because this is their Lager Especial. <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah. So Devil's Canyon offering of a Mexican style lager because mm -hmm. I am still in search of the perfect summer lager. You're gonna get there, man. We all believe in you. I think so. Dude. Not much on here. In fact, their website takes you to Untapped. Oh, okay. That's not that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. So on the can, it describes as a crisp pale lager brewed with a touch of Lake Mikey. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4.7% ABV. 16 fluid Wow. That's <laughs> That's it. Huh? But without any flair brew, papa. All right. So it's a, it's a corn beer. Yes, lager, corn lager. Excuse me. Um, so this one, just like they said, it's got a lot of uh, bourbon kick to it, and it's warm, man. This thing, it's not so much the alcohol thing; it's just that warmth you get at the after the finish. The after finish is very warm, um, but the the barley wine itself is nice, man. It's smooth. They got toffee in there. I guess jammy fig, and I get a lot of caramel though. I get a lot of caramel, even in the finish too. It's it's a nice sweet caramel sweet. Very good barley wine, man. This is excellent, excellent barley wine. I already know I'm gonna rate it in the uh, in the mid fours, maybe upper fours. This is really good. Um, I haven't had a a good barley wine in months. Real quick, that's yeah. on Basil Hayden bourbon. Yes, it, it's a good bourbon. Like like you show up to a, a gathering. Um, you know, like like a poker night or a tailgate with with Basil Hayden bourbon uh -huh. is very respectable. Uh, it's kind of unique in the fact that it's got like this paper cover over it that that runs like over the sides, and it, it's got a hole for the neck to go through. Yeah. So it kind of looks like a poncho. I call it a paper a paper poncho, right? And <laughs> I'm it's got like this little this belt keeping it on. Yeah, you have to look it up. So it's got the paper poncho, and then two um, as far as like specialty bourbons are hard to get. Uh, better known as allocated bourbons. Mm -hmm. They're um, because allocated bourbons are becoming more and more hard to get. I call it the next, the next big big thing, the next big one that's going to have a, a rush on it. I'm calling it now. Bourbon, uh, the bourbon Basil Hayden Ten Year is going to be hard to get soon. It, it's mm. about it's about eighty bucks. However, it's it's worth it. I mean, uh, a a good bourbon like that with an age statement, very nice year. Very nice bourbon. Gotcha. I see. I see the the poncho. And they also have well, they have a rye, a pretty famous or a pretty popular rye. Yeah. And um, they also have that that new style, which 
is um, becoming a trend in the bourbon world that I posted barrel. Well, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. So I mean, well, bourbon is aged in charred barrels supposedly, right. but this one is a. I I don't know how. Actually, I gotta look into it, but I don't know if the barrels are just lightly toasted uh, to begin with, or it's finished in a in a barrel with a lighter char in it to kind of smooth it up. Oh yeah. Okay. I, anyway, I see what you mean. the 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 facet of toasted is uh, available in a uh, Basil Hayden. Work. I know Elijah Craig makes one. I know Mitkers is uh, like the king of it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that. I'm not sure which other big producer is doing a toasted barrel, but um. Basil Hayden is this is really nice. They, even the the bourbon is really smooth in the back. I know they say it's warm. I looked up real quick. There's a couple different the, the, their ten year old bourbons, but it seems like eighty bucks is is the going price. But then I see it, some people selling it for two hundred. Those whores. <laughs> and, well, and and they're 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 store sites. They're not like uh, individuals. So I don't know what the difference is. You, I mean, if you saw it, you probably could tell right away. But anyway, so um, how's your beer? Uh, well, I'm sipping on it. It's very, very light, very refreshing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't taste the corniness yet. Okay. However, I'm not. Doesn't mean it's not there. Right. You know, uh, crisp finish, clean finish. No, uh, nothing hoppy on this. It's all, it's all light malt. Very nice. So we will rate these beers later during our untapped portion of the show. Just go to your untapped account and search cold brew podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back but now it's time for the beer news all right this comes to us from reuters i figured out how to pronounce it correctly it is reuters r-e-u-t-e-r-s uh, foreign beers remain on Russian shelves months after brewers halt sales. Uh, let's see here. The continued availability of unsold stacks of Carlsberg, Anheuser-Busch, InBev, and Heineken's flagship brands underlines the difficulty Western brands have faced in withdrawing products in response to the conflict in the Ukraine. Or in Ukraine. Sorry, I didn't mean to add the duh in there. Their cans and bottles were still on sale in supermarkets and stores in Russia's capital this week. A Reuters review found an example of how long it could take uh, consumer-focused sanctions or restrictions to have a significant impact. It was not clear how much inventory Russian retailers have, but for now, the suppliers or the supplies are helping to cushion the blow of the tough sanctions, which prompted the world's top brewers to turn off the taps to Russia's most popular Western beers. Carlsberg and Heineken said on March 9th they would stop production and sales of their flagship brands in Russia, joining an exodus of foreign companies after Moscow sent troops to Ukraine on February 24th in what it calls its special military operation. Two days later, AB InBev, which runs its Russia operation in a joint venture with Turkish brewer Anadola, uh, Anadolu FS, said it had requested that the license for production on the sale of Bud in Russia be suspended. Uh, dates printed on the bottom of the cans and bottles on sale in about a half dozen supermarkets in Moscow, including ones owned by the company's biggest food retailer, X5, and convenience chain Krasno and Bello, K&B, show that some production of all three beers continued in Russia after the brewer's public announcements in Carlsberg case for several weeks. X5 did not comment and KB did not respond. Reuters identified Heineken cans with markings saying they were produced at a factory in St. Petersburg on March 23rd and Carlsberg cans on April 29th in Tula, a city south of Moscow. Heineken said it sold its own stock entirely soon after announcing that it would stop brewing Heineken in Russia. On March 28th, Heineken announced its decision to leave Russia, seeking an orderly transfer of its businesses business to a new owner and expecting to book related charges of around 400 euros 400 million euros while guaranteeing sales salaries of its 1800 employees in russia until the end of the year so what they're saying is they announced the that they were going to stop brewing and they still brewed for about another couple months um there's still a bunch of product online or you know on the shelves and a lot of it is just residual Bird. 
And let's see here. So that 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 story interested me. Um, I, I like yeah, Reuters. No, I, I get yeah. it. I mean, um, the the whole Russian Ukraine uh, conflict. It, you know, obviously we're uh, we, we we talked about it when it first happened, mm-hmm. and it, to me, I'm, I'm kind of amazed it 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 hasn't been uh, intervened yet. Now, I'm not saying that you know uh, it, it's. It's an easy thing to do. However, I'm right. surprised it was allowed to go this. Yeah, I'm surprised it still lasted. That one of them didn't quit. Well, I knew Ukraine wasn't going to quit. They're not going to. They're not going to stop defending their homeland. Yeah. I just figured. I thought Russia might just be uh, bored by now and just pull out. That's what I was hoping. <laughs> to be honest. All right. Um, let's see here. Next. Uh, next headline. Boston Beer slashes earnings forecast as the downfall of hard seltzer continues. Boston Beer Incorporated executives slashed their annual earnings forecast Thursday, admitting that demand for hard seltzer continued to fizzle below their expectations. Boston Beer reported second quarter earnings lower than Wall Street expected and adjusted its annual guidance to reflect a less rosy view. It now expects earnings for the full year of $6 to $11 a share after previously guiding for 11 to 16 a share. Uh, let's see here. I continue to be optimistic about the long-term growth outlook for Boston Beer's diversified beverage portfolio, despite the greater than expected continuing decline in demand in the hard seltzer category that we have seen year to date. Founder and chairman Jim Koch said in a statement, based on our first half performance and our view on the remainder of the year, we have reduced our fiscal year 2022 volume and earnings guidance. The alcoholic beverage company bet big on hard seltzer with its truly brand after the success of White Claw, but the market for seltzer turned in 2021 and took Boston beer stock with it. Executives admitted their mistake a year ago, but the stock has continued to struggle since declining 63.7% in the past year. Holy shit. And while S&P 500 index dropped 7.8%. Uh, Despite last year's hard lesson on hard seltzer, executives still appear to overestimate the appeal of the drink, which has fallen out of favor as drinkers turn to -to ready-to-drink cocktails instead of the malt-based beverages. MKM Partners Managing Director Bill Kirk has repeatedly pointed out that executives' forecasts were likely too optimistic. And I could see that, man. I mean, the seltzers are nice, but but when they first came out, they they were, like, lightly flavored. And people, like, like... like bold flavors in the u.s anyway they, they like they seriously they like sweet drinks man how do you how do you look you at know, it? i i noticed that too with the seltzers i mean uh for, from what i have initially are finally gathered their their alcohol that's in them is based off of a um um I believe it was a, a white rum, so basically just sugar, just distilling sugar for right. uh, for the okay. alcohol, and which is cheap and easy when you think about it, right? Yes. Very cost efficient. And then th- I thought that was the appeal, the the whole seltzer, like the the original, the white the white cloth and the truly was just that light essence that that just kind of of for lack of a better ex- well, yeah, but yeah, like, like Spike Lacroix, but for lack of a better comparison. Like uh, an opposition or an opposition to like the Mike Hart, okay, yeah, you know, which was like, you know, are the are the spear not the ice? You know, mm-hmm. it just it just sugar water versus the light crisp essence. So, you know, it's a lighter drink, it's lighter. So the you know the health conscious people who still drink have another option. That that really went well. I mean, it went over well right away. I mean, there was yeah. jokes about how uh, White Claws are taking over, mm-hmm. but then now you look at it and. Uh, you know, well, like especially truly, you know, truly has like the, the punch line or the lemonade line or the, uh, the, the the sweet tea or iced tea line, which it line or sorry line, which yeah. means uh, it's a it's a variety pack with, you know, it, it's like lemon and raspberry, lemon and you know uh, berry or lemon and strawberry, you know, so it's got more of a lemonade flavor than a crisp seltzer, uh, you know, it's like. Chronic seltzer water type club right. soda with the S. So, you know, it's kind of uh, again trading on your name. You know, you, you white cog white cog got established or truly got established, but then they're doing different products under the name mm-hmm. under the banner. 
So it's kind of the old uh, switcheroo, kind of uh, get in the market. Uh, what you call it? done? And it's like I, I get it though. They 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 need to try different things. It's it's. Uh, I remember this uh, Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know if you know who that is. He was giving this talk. Yeah. Okay, he, he was giving this talk about. Um, I think it was ragu or or one of those spaghetti sauce companies and they ask people what they what they prefer in their spaghetti sauce and people tell them one thing and then they make it and no one buys it but instead they go out and they start producing a bunch of different kinds see which one people buy and then they start producing those so in a way what i'm saying is boston beer and uh, not just them but all these uh, um alcoholic beverage companies got to try a bunch of different things and see what sells and go with those it just seems like boston beer came out really heavy to try to take over or try to get their part of the part of the um the market and now it's uh it's kind of biting them a little bit i don't think they're gonna be they're gonna fold and they're they're just gonna have to reel it back kind of like what jim coke said they just have to um just like i said reel it back and then um they just go heavy on the ones that they uh, that they that they sell well, <laughs> kind of. Like, and it reminds me of that scene in The Office where Robert California was asking people for ideas, and Kevin uh, Kevin started talking about cookies in the vending machine. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think A one's gonna be the best, but it's not. You got to put it right there in the middle. <laughs> and then Robert California took that as. Stop, you know, try, trying to promote stuff that's not working and just promote the stuff that works and let the other stuff kind of just, you know, swim on or, you know, uh, uh, tread water on its own. Right. So I, I think that's kind of like what they're going to do. They, they see what's working, what's not working. They're going to reel it back a little bit, focus on the brands that are working and um, and then maybe come back and, and be a little bit more profitable. Maybe not this year, but maybe the following year. Plus, you know, the market's been changing. You know that for a fact. You know, um, I don't want to blame uh, millennials, but they're just not buying. And Gen Z, they're, they're just not buying the, the way us Gen Xers and, of course, the baby boomers were. They're trying all sorts of different things. Some of them aren't even drinking at all. There's, that's why the non-alcohol, non-alcoholic beers are starting to pop up. Just all these breweries are trying different things to see what the, the market wants. Right. That and some people uh, and some people just got hit hard by COVID and just can't afford to to spend stuff on luxury brands such as craft beer. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like it's simple economics, though. You know, uh, a six pack, you know, for what ten ninety nine versus a, a twelve pack for nine ninety nine. I mean, where right. are you gonna go? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I just I bought a twelve pack of Lagunitas IPA because it was on sale at Safeway. It was for eleven ninety nine for a twelve pack. Okay, well, I was, I was <laughs> thinking Lagunitas. I was thinking of, of Bud Light, right? Bud Light twelve yeah. packs are like nine ninety nine still. But right. uh, you know, I, I I won't say the name to, to put them on blast. But I I knowingly bought a six pack of. Uh, of craft beer for for ten ninety nine, and that's kind of on the cheaper in these days. It is. I mean, you you, you, you get four packs for for seventeen ninety nine. You know, it's like, geez. I think uh, um, what do you call it? The Voodoo Ranger packs. I think are at Safeway like ten ninety nine for a six pack. Yeah. All right, that, that, that's all. That's all the uh, news stories I have this week. Um, so you know what time it is. I think I do. It's time for everyone's favorite segment on Cold Brew because it's my favorite segment. It's time for the Cold Brew List. As we As proceed, we proceed oh. to give you what you need. Well, let me ask you this. Hmm. What is the world's strongest? Ooh, the world's strongest beer. I don't know. This witch's hand is pretty good, but I know there's stuff out there that's you know the the warmer this gets, the easier it is to drink. Holy shit! Um, I don't know. Wasn't it that one by? I remember uh, who were those those brew dog guys, and they were competing against. I think was it like a Icelandic brewery or a, a German brewery? They were trying to do. Then they finally did a collab, like tactical nuclear penguin or some shit like that. That's my guess. Something like that. I, I know what you're talking about, and uh, 
the the one that's like with the uh, the taxidermed uh, squirrels and all that stuff. Oh yeah, that one. I forgot about that one. That had a weird name. Like that was called like the end of the world or something. I think so. All right. Well, anyway, my point is it, it kind of uh, changes up by year, by by uh, brewery, by brewer, by what's being produced. Right. So I have a list of the strongest beers. Print. Okay. Cool. So uh, I'm going to start, and I'm just going to shoot through them. So, uh, you know, as this list goes on, too, there's going to be some really rare, rare stuff out there. Right. Stuff you probably have heard of. I don't have a lot of experience, so we'll go. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, first one on the list at number 18. Uh-huh. From AV Brewing, their Rumpkin Barrel Aged Pumpkin Ale. Oh, okay. I- I've had Rumpkin before. I just don't know if I've had that particular one. The barrel aged one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the one with the Y in it, I believe. Anyway, it's 16.30 ABV. And it's a good one. I've had both of them. Um, I think I might still have one of these bad boys. No, yeah. Gotta get on that. <laughs> if, bring it, if you do, uh, bust it out for our Halloween show. All right. Um, number 17 by Dogfish Head Crab Brewery. Higher Math. Oh, I've seen that. I don't know if I've ever had it. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's uh, ABV is 17.0%. Ooh, that's nice. Next by the brewery. Mm-hmm. It's called Dentel. Dentel Washington? Yes. <laughs> and this one is... Seventeen point one percent ABV. Ooh, oh, is it like a, a, a French style name? Dentel? Is that what you mean? Well, that's the name. It's D E N T E L L E. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like French style, like L was E E L E L L E. All right, go Dentel. That's like Italian trying to pronounce French. All right, number fifteen. Mm-hmm. From Evil Twin Brewing, the Molotov Cocktail Heavy. Oh, okay. I know I've had Molotov Cocktail a long time ago. I haven't had Evil Twin in ages. I uh, know. But this one's a 17.2% ABV. It's all going up by 0.1% ABV. <laughs> right now, anyway. Wait, wait it's going to go yeah. up. Yeah. Um, number 14 from. The Struce Brewers out of Belgium. Very nice. The Black Damnation Nine Beggars Art. And this is an 18.10% ABV. I like that name. Very good. Uh, number 13. Here we go from Dogfish Head Brewery. The infamous 120 minute IPA. Oh, yeah. Which. Which is uh, ABV of between 15 and 20%. It varies. Right. And I still have some of those I need to drink. Yeah. I have one in my, on in my cellar. I bought one last year on purpose to cellar it. Because they say you can cellar it, so I'm cellaring it. Yeah. I know. I, I know I have an old one I probably need to open and dump. All right, number 12. This is a favorite of ours. I know it is. From the brewery, Black Tuesday. Oh, yes. Excellent beer. Um, ABV is 19.50%. <laughs> you have to put the, the 100s in there? Yes. Okay. Number 10, another offering from the brewery, the Chocolate Ring. Oh, shit. Like, what's his name? It was in the that. Wasn't that the, that song? Yeah. <laughs> uh, who sang that one? I forgot. Uh, it was like one of the first YouTube sensations or virals, whatever. Yeah. It wasn't viral because it was a song. But um, Tay's on day. There you go. Yeah. He was on Tosh.0. Oh, I love that segment. <laughs> that was great. All right, go ahead. Number 10. Number 10 from Sam Adams, the Utopist. Yeah, I was waiting for Utopius. Nice. 
Utopias, I'm sorry. In fact, I think that comes out this in uh, 2023. Mm-hmm. It's every every odd year. Yeah. I might see. I might, I might look into it. I know a place or two. <laughs> I didn't get. I didn't get it last year. Although I did see it. I just didn't. I wasn't in the cash spot to do it. To do so. Yeah. Moving on, number nine. From Brewdog. Oh, okay. Here we go. The Tactical Nuclear Penguin. Ah, see, I knew the name. I just, I thought it'd be higher. Yeah. Well, this is 32%. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Let's pass wine. Let's get into the spirit. Yeah, you're almost you're in the liqueurs section right now. Oh yeah, definitely. Here we go, Biera Baladin. Okay. Out of Italy, the Espirit de Noel. Ah, oh, Christmas ale. Yeah, and this is forty percent. This is a spirit. <laughs> oh, well, <wow. laughs> no, it's Christmas spirit. All right. Uh, number seven. From Brewdog out of Scotland, mm-hmm. at forty-one percent, the Sink the Bismarck. Oh yeah, I remember the name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Brewdog again with another heavy hitter. Yep. Next from Breweridge, Poloskip, whatever, <laughs> from the Netherlands. <laughs> yeah. The Obelisk. Obel- Obelisk. Yep. I don't know. O B I L I X. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is Oblix. And it's forty-five percent. Nice. Wait a minute. Hold on. Huh? Rock from Rock Bottom Brewery. Rock Bottom, really? Yeah. The brew pub the, chain. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, that's what the. So the logo looks like the PT's punch. This is fifty-six percent ABV. Wow! <laughs> I had no idea a brew pub would do something like that. That's great, though. That's awesome. I know. I gotta go back. <laughs> um, number four from Schorscher Brow, Germany. Okay. The the Schorscher box uh, 57 I think that's the, the brewery that um, Brewdog got into uh, high ABV wars with that sounds oh, familiar okay. okay not to be confused with Schrader bro <laughs> which uh, came and went all too quickly yeah exactly but uh, guess what the ABV on this one is um what was the last one? No, no. What was it? No, but the, the, the last the one name. you said. Oh, it was? Oh, what, oh. what was the name again? Grocery Box 57. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was like Heinz 57 sauce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> ketchup beer. <laughs> right, ketchup beer. <laughs> All right, what's next? Back with that brewery cola chip or whatever call it chip. Mm-hmm. chip. It's called Start the Future. Bro, this is 60% ABV. Fuck. That's a that's a high that's a hot bourbon right there. That is. That's a. it sounds like you're saying cool ship actually. You're trying to say cool ship, but like in a different language. Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> Wow, 60%. Right. That's not even number one, is it? No, number two from Brewmeister Brewery, the Armageddon. Nice. At, at 65%. Oof. Here we go. Ever- and then from, from Everclear, number one. <laughs> yes. Not to be outdone by their own making, number one also is Brewmeister Brewery. Uh, with Coming in at 67.50% ABV, the Stink Venom. Damn, that is a hell of a name. Yeah, good. 
Do they uh, do they sell that in six pack? Snake venom, huh? I gotta look that up real quick. Ooh, almost fucking knocked my beer over. That would have been the first time, right? Snake venom beer. Is it like an ice box? Cause I know like a lot of those ice box. Um, I was explaining to somebody one time about ice box. How they actually freeze the beer, and it's like uh, opposite of distilling the beer, where you you heat it up to. Uh, because alcohol um, evaporates faster than water. Yeah. And instead, you um, you freeze it, and then you take the ice out, and then all you're left was is with uh, with concentrated alcohol. Right. Like that's ice wine. Yeah. Zero yeah. wine. There you go. Like just like ice wine. Doesn't say. It just said. Uh, talk about using peated malts and. Damn, that's just crazy, man. Doesn't say what kind of beer this is. Does not say. So out of all those, like I've, I've had Utopias, I've had the, I'm sure I've had the Rumkin, I've seen the higher math. I don't know if I've ever, I, I might have tried it, tried it though before, but I, I can't say for certain if I have or not. Huh. So Brewmeister, they're out of Scotland. That'd be, that'd be uh, another one that Brewdog got in a high ABV war with. Right, a competitor. Right. But this is like good competition. Trying to outdo each other, trying to bring stuff to the market that the other one hasn't done yet. Right. Hmm. You know, that's the thing, though, too, is like you could you could make, a, you know, you, you can make any ABV stuff varied, but is it good? Is it going to sell? Is it mm-hmm. don't, don't just don't just make it hot for the novelty. You know, what I mean, have something that's uh, actually uh, enjoyable, you know, right. Um, so I look at people will, will sip and appreciate, too, you know. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to, you want them to like it, not just be like, oh, this high ABV. Oh, this, this tastes like shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not. I, like I wasn't trying to be a snob or a big timer, but the last Utopus offering mm-hmm. to me didn't sound too appealing. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't oh, yeah, going to risk that much money on a beer that I probably wouldn't enjoy. No. Right. I, I, you know, and like I think I brought it up at the time. It was like I wouldn't mind. I would pay the twenty twenty two dollars for a two ounce sip. Because right. uh, at least you could try it, and you're not bu- committed to like a two, two to two hundred fifty dollar bottle. Like I can afford twenty bucks. I can afford to to do that, but not many people can. I'm I'm lucky. I, I realized that. But uh, real quick, I wanted to get to um, this online store that's selling snake venom. It's a UK store, so it's fifty pounds for a three hundred thirty milliliter bottle um, in round or. Converted to U.S. dollars, that's just about sixty bucks right now with the exchange rate. That's not bad. That's a, yeah, especially for the sixty-seven. You're you're basically you're talking like a, a bourbon bottle for sixty bucks. Right. No, but you compare that to Utopias, which is like two twenty. Two twenty. Yeah, but it's a it's a little bit bigger bottle. You're getting more than three thirty. So well, yeah, yeah. It's a well, it's a, a seven fifty ml. But I'm just. But even still, I mean, oh yeah, it's, it's still like, cheaper. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's what I'm saying. It's like you're probably not going to kill the can, and you're definitely going to kill the Utopias on the first opening anyway. So it's like, oh you know, yeah, yeah. And, at the same time, how much keep. how much Utopias do you, how much Utopias do you really need? You know, mm-hmm. it's almost like they should sell it in I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Those, the, the, the three, airplane bottles. No, bigger than that, like the the pint, <laughs> the three seven fives or whatever. Oh, okay. No, I got you. I I I see what you mean. Yeah, definitely with the a cap on it, because this this snake venom has got a cap, or it doesn't have a screw cap. It has a a bottle top. So once you open it, you got to drink it. Definitely a share. It's definitely something that you want to share with. Excuse me, I keep burping over here. This barley wine, this barley wine is so great, man. This barley wine is fucking awesome. So, are you done with the your cold brew list this week? Yes, it for this week. All right, awesome. How's your beer treating you? Good, enjoying it, sipping it. Open a lot more. I, uh-huh. I get some of the the cornness to it. A little bit of like a uh, almost European notes to it. You right. know what I mean? So a little little um, heavy on the malt. Not heavy, but more than uh, 
It's not as crisp as it was because, it, yeah, because it, it did switch back to the multi. Well, maybe not heavy, but maybe because like the European styles, European style lagers, I they're a little bit more like uh, um, a little bit more toffier, a little bit more like sweet. But that comes from the malt. Maybe that's that's just me though. <laughs> Every time you say European, I always think of like like the English lagers, and and those are a little bit. Um, or the Vienna lagers. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Like a Vienna lager. So it's a little bit darker. A darker malt. You know what's crazy is I, I do like a good Vienna lager. Like like Orton Birch. They always did like a Czech Pilsner. You know what I mean? The Czech Pils. I, you're not a big fan of the Czech Pils, huh? I mean, I no, I'm not. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. All right, we're gonna uh, rate our beers on Untapped right now. Um, so you had uh, by. Oh, Devil's Canyon. I remember this time. Devil's... Oh, oh it spelled it wrong. Canyon. Um, I'm just going to put Cañada because it should pop up. And there it is. La Cañada del Diablo. What would you like to rate this beer at? I'm going to give it a 3.5. Okay, you're right there with everyone else. It's an average of 3.54. And what are your notes you'd like to leave on this one? Um, malty. Okay, malty. Crisp. Crisp. And that's it. And clean. Oh, and lean. Real quick, too. Uh, shout out to, um, to Devil's Canyon because they're going to be hosting... Uh, Zane Lamprey. Oh shit! No, the sheet, three sheets or whatever that that show he had. Yeah. Well, yeah. First it was three sheets, and then he did his own called uh, Drinking Made Easy. Oh, that's right, Drinking Made Easy. Forgot about that. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, by the time the show drops, it'll be a week away. So he's gonna be there uh, August sixth. Oh, okay. Nice. Are you going? Ah, uh, probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, what's he gonna do there? Is he gonna like do a show? Is he gonna do a podcast or just show up and sign yeah. a drink and sign pictures? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's comedy tour, so he's gonna uh, oh, stand up to, oh, okay, nice. So, yeah, like a lot of comedians that uh, do the whole pictures and well, actually, I don't know if they do the pictures and autograph sessions anymore because of COVID, right? I don't right. know. How that, how, no, regardless, uh, put it this way. I was a big fan of Kane Lamprey. I haven't seen any of his shows recently as far as TV shows. I don't know if he's still on or, you know, how many more bars he could expose by now. <laughs> Not expose, but uh, report on by now. Yeah, but, um, right. I, I, I loved his, his shows when I first uh, got into it. And yep. uh, I think it's cool that uh, uh, for me, I, I still consider San Carlos local. So a local brewery is having, uh, it, it's having a big timer like that. Yeah, exactly. But then, he could easily go to he could easily go to one of the comedy clubs here in, in right in the Bay Area, but mm-hmm. like he's in a real going to a brewery. That, that's pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, he's basically he's being on brand at this at this point. He had a, you know, it, yeah, yeah. Did you hear about the uh, Did you hear about the Kevin Hart uh, Chris Rock comedy show? No, what happened? Uh, in, in New York, I think yeah, Madison Square Garden. Um, so Kevin Hart and Chris Rock are on tour together, and mm-hmm. uh, Dave Chappelle just showed up to open for him. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's probably just going to be at that show, but uh, what a what a moment! Yeah, well, because especially Dave Chappelle right now, he's going through some shit uh, up in Minnesota. Like a bunch of protesters showed up at one of his comedy shows, and he had to right. he had to leave. He even made reference to that. Yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> I like Dave Chappelle. I know he's gotten a lot of flack and his his politics might not be on point with mine, but um, he still makes me laugh when he does his comedy. No, definitely. Shit, did you, speaking of, uh, Bill Burr has a new special on Netflix. Did you catch it? No, but I heard good things about it. Oh, man, his, his bit on cancel culture is so fucking good, dude. It's so great. Very clever, very smart. Um, the other stuff, and then he's talking about uh, he's talking about raising kids. He's got a four year old, so I think uh, you might be able to relate to some of his uh, his jokes about being a dad. <laughs> but then again, he's a hothead, so that that's a you're not a hothead like he is. So 
but still the fact that uh, his his daughters he's even admitted his his kids are making him a, a better person and i thought that was pretty sweet yeah. all right so yeah go check out that bill burr special if you haven't yet i thought it was very good all right so i'm gonna rate my beer right now this witch's hand and what i was gonna what i was about to say um was that ground control s- celebrated their 15th year anniversary uh, a couple weeks ago and they had two beer drops. One was by Ad Astra. It was a pastry stout. And the other one was um, this Witch's Hand by Dark Sky. And I, I tried both. They had both of them on tap when I went. I, I've been making a meaning. I've uh, been making um, an effort to go once a week to ground control. Um, I heard that they, uh, they're not going out of business, but they could be doing better. They, they kind of slowed down. COVID really hurt, of course. And then they uh there was a bunch of construction on the street that they're on and people and even including myself like i i i'd bypass it because i didn't want to deal with the construction so i've been trying to get back there and trying to um get my fellow um beer friends out here in the valley to try to stop by and patronize ground control because they have great food they have a great tap room and our tap list and these two beers and i was able to try um both of these already um talking about witch's hand and the ad astra beer i forgot what it's called that's why i just keep calling it the ad astra um ground control 15th anniversary beer that one was a pastry stout this one is a barley wine i only got like a like a four or five ounce pour of each because they're both like high abvs and i was already done with my meal and i already had a couple beers but i still needed to try them um this one though I had a full pour right now and it's better as it warms up. Oh my God. It's so much better when it warms up. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually in a funny way. It's a, it's a little crisp. It's, it's not that heavy. It's a light, no, it's a light beer. It's a light mouthfeel beer. So you got the, the, the toffee notes, the caramel, I guess the jammy fig, if you want, I get some dates in there and I get a little bit of a, just a little bit of roastiness, not too much. And the bourbon is perfect. It doesn't sting, doesn't hurt as you drink it. When it warms up, the initial kind of like alcohol burn that you got kind of fades away. Now it's just a warmth. After the sip, I mean, you could tell there's it's a 13%er. Don't get me wrong. It's not that dangerous, but it's just really nice and soothing. I'm going to give this one a 4.75, man. I love this beer. This is great. I might have to go get another one and throw it in my cellar. So let me see here. Yep. Let me give me one too. All right, yeah, I, I got to go back because I I I'm starting to do my morning beers again, and the last one I had was by Ground Control. Is their Ube My Dog, and I got a couple people like who um, DM'd me saying, "Ooh, how was it?" And how? And one of them was uh, our friend uh, um, LT. His wife um, said that she. Uh, she asked me how it was and if it was any good and she was very interested you know i'm i'm next time i go over there i'm gonna i'm gonna buy a four pack and then uh i'll send uh i'll send her a two i'll keep two and i'll send her a two <laughs> i'm gonna buy her some and send her some so uh lt if you're listening shh, don't say nothing it's gonna be a surprise all right uh did you know she's not <laughs> of course not <laughs> um let's see which is hand and there it is. Right now is an average of 4.10. None of our friends have rated it. So we're going to give it the bump right here. 475. I'm going to say it is uh, sweet. And, oh, sweet, smooth, and warm. Perfect. Perfect beer for, <laughs> for a 105 degree day in Phoenix, Arizona. And check in. All right. Um, that I don't have a lot. I do want to say though that uh, I recorded a show today with Amanda Bear Lecter. That I, dude, this is gonna be a beast. Three and a half hours long. We fucking talked. Oh wow. Um, it was my bright idea. Uh, I saw that Jordan Peele was coming out with his new movie Nope, and I know she's a scary movie fan and buff, so. I said, hey, let's uh, let's do a Jordan Peele like love fest and talk about all three of his movies. Um, so we talked about Get Out and Us and Nope. 
and get out uh i haven't and or us i haven't i haven't watched it in a while so it was fun to watch those again i even forgot some of the stuff and then nope i saw it today this morning and then right after i got home that's when we recorded so yeah we we talked that length it was like an hour each movie we talked which may be a little bit overkill especially for two people who are just fans and not really experts but i thought we did i thought we did good by the end though i was like oh i'm tired of talking and <laughs> i need to stop but uh all i gotta say is about the movie nope because i don't want any spoilers if you haven't seen it yet if you're not into scary movies or even just don't give a shit um it was good it wasn't gory it was uh it was scary it was very suspenseful though i think that's where and very smart and clever the way the way jordan peele writes is just it just even amanda and i were talking about how how clever he is and how smart his writing is um and i even made the joke like it seems like jordan peele read a book on how to write scary movies and just followed it every single time but he does it so well it seems like he could write his own book about it now have you ever seen any of his movies the get out or us i know you're not a big scary movie guy but you're not like afraid of him yeah, in, in fact, no, I haven't. I wanted to see uh, uh, Get Out, mm-hmm. but it just never worked out for me. I wanted to see Us, because that one looked like it was going to creep me out, but it just never worked out. And then... Uh, uh, Life got in the way. Yesterday? I thought he had another, he had another one. Nope, just three so far. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, so, no, I haven't seen any of them. Okay. Although, uh, I... I do want to see him because shoot, I don't have time to see him. <laughs> I know, right? But you have the kids and everything. Get Out's good. It's not a scary movie at all. It's a, it's a psychological thriller. There's no, there's nothing scary about it. There's a, you know, a couple maybe, a couple little jump scares and maybe some, couple scenes that might creep you out. It's like, oh, those those people are creepy or something. But as far as that, there's it's not like a horror movie. But uh, Us is definitely a horror movie. That one's really good. And there's some there's some really good needle drops in there. You're gonna. If you ever watch us, there's going to be a couple of needle drops that you're going to pop for. Because I did. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, this movie, stung's in this movie. Just the way the, it happened. So, um, yeah, and Nope, Nope is really good. Nope is done very well. It, I don't know if it's his best, I th- but I, I think I do like it the best out of all the three. Um, but it's definitely up for argument as far as that goes. All right, man, anything else you'd like to bring up on this week's episode of Cold Brew? Negative. All right, thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew podcast. I am Greg, he is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we'd like to wish you cheers. Until next time. Robo la fe y el alma y soy legión Yo estaba cerca cuando Jesús lloró Hubo momentos de duda y gran dolor Cuando Pilato las manos se lavó Y estuve 